0: I want to revisit a subject this morning that I've visited before. Most recently, it was uh, Paul Stetler that visited this subject when he was here in Youth Revival. He preached from uh, Proverbs 4, Proverbs 4.23, Keep thy heart with all diligence. For out of it are the issues of life. That was his uh, scripture text, preaching from the subject of guarding your heart. I want to look at Matthew 6 briefly, but also want to look specifically in Proverbs 23. And some of you may recall that that's where I uh, preached from as I visited this subject in years past. It's been a number of years ago but I want to revisit it this morning. So uh, Proverbs 23, Matthew chapter 6 as well. Will you bow your head with me as we invite and ask for God's divine touch and help this morning? Our Father, thank you for your presence this morning Oh, it's been good to be in your house. It's been good to be in your presence. Thank you for the songs that we've sung together in worship. Thank you for the song that Deborah sang that reminds us that you can be trusted, that you are faithful. We bless you today. And now as we turn our attention to your word specifically, I pray that you would speak to us from your word. Give us that help that is needed. Give the speaker, give me that anointing that I need. Hide me behind the cross. May the divine be seen and felt and heard this morning. May your words be spoken. Your word be a light to our lives. Blessed in every part here, I pray in Jesus' name, amen. 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 Matthew chapter 6, verse number 19. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt, where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is there will your heart be also where your treasure is could I say that that word treasure might be found well I'm going to say might just because I want you to be thinking about it but I really believe that it's more than just might I believe that it reveals where our heart is our priorities are treasures our priorities Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. We can find from our heart what our treasures are. Our heart reveals our treasure. That's Jesus' words here as He tells us and talks to us about things that are of value, things that are important, things that we need to be focused on. And his deal, his thing, is that we need to be focused more, way more, on the things that are eternal rather than on the things that are temporal. And so we go back to Proverbs chapter 23 and we find some things about our heart that I want to remind us of this morning, that I want to focus on to be a reminder to us. As I said, I'm revisiting. In Proverbs chapter 23, verse number 12 is the beginning... The first item that uh, comes to mind here, as the writer says, Apply thine heart unto instruction and thine ears to the knowledge, or the words of knowledge. Apply thine heart. I find, I find that we, we are living in a day where there's a lot of half-hearted Christians. Now, someone may pose the question, how can somebody that's truly a Christian be a half-hearted Christian? Well, I understand that, that terminology. I understand that kind of a question. Just like how can, a, how can somebody say that they're a Christian but still live in sin? Is there such a thing as a sinning Christian when God's Word tells us that a Christian does away with sin? That sin is no longer a, a part of a person's life when they've become born again. And so as we look at this word apply and realize that he's talking about the very, very depths of an individual when it comes to their life, their heart. Apply thine heart that there is a heartbeat that goes on for God. There's a lot of things in this world that in order for you to succeed in, in order for you to succeed at, you must apply your heart. You must sell your soul sometimes in order to succeed in that particular avenue or venue. I hate to use the word sell your soul, but I've seen far too many people that have sold themselves to, in order to achieve and to find success in the temporal things of life. Even though they profess to be Christian, even though they call themselves a Christian, they might even go to church from time to time. Perhaps they even sit in church on a regular basis, but they have given themselves, they've applied themselves to the success of the thing that is temporal rather than the thing that is eternal. Matthew chapter 22 verse 37 indicates to us that there must be a love for God that consumes the heart. Love God with all of your heart. That's the words of Jesus. With all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind. In order for somebody to listen and to love God with all of their heart and all of their soul and all of their mind, it must be it must be an intentional an intentional application. It's not going to happen just because somebody that we are associated with loves God with all of their heart. It's going to have to be a personal issue, a personal intentional act to where I love God with all of my heart. I I give Him intentional interest. How many of you men don't answer this publicly? You can answer it privately. Don't answer it, please. Please. How many of you men have sat somewhere, stood somewhere, and listened to your wife talk, and then your wife says, are you listening to me? Maybe I should have you answer, so I'm not standing up here all by myself. It's a, it's a regular question in our home. Are you listening to me? Yeah, I hear you. Sometimes I have to stop and really intentionally listen to what she has to say because I'm hearing her, I'm listening, but it's not really sinking in. And so at the end of the conversation, a question that is asked about what she said, I can't answer it because I did not receive that information. I heard, I listened, but I didn't get a hold of it. I'm a good husband like that. But listening, applying my heart to listen, my, applying my heart to hear, applying my heart with intentional interest to follow Him. Sometimes people don't have a heart to do what they should be doing for God. They don't have a heart to listen. The psalmist said that his heart or his desire was like unto the heart or the the deer that pants for the water brook. And so if we compare that reality of what the psalmist is talking about in the comparison of his own soul desiring the things of God, we have to understand afresh and anew within our own lives that there is an intentional aspect to where I apply my heart to know and to hear, to listen There's a lot of voices out there. Paul talks about it. I believe it's in Corinthians about the many many voices. The many voices that try to get our attention and to grasp us uh, uh, into its into its tangled webs and and not necessarily bad things either. It could very well be the normal things of life. But I must be careful that the whispers of this This world, don't consume my heart so that he doesn't have my heart. Apply thine heart. The second point that we notice, if you're following along, maybe you've written it down, you you made markings in your Bible from the time before, you'll notice that the next one that I look at is, is found in verse number 19. Guide thine heart. Hear thou, my son, and be wise, and guide thine heart in the way. Somebody said that guiding a guide, guardrail, that those kinds of guides inhibit movement. And if we take that a little bit step further, we can understand that a guiding of the heart would be that it might inhibit pleasure, that it might reduce pleasure. It would reduce movement. Sometimes it's not fun being held captive by guides, Sometimes you feel a little more safe when you realize that that guardrail that along the road is placed there to keep us inadvertently going too far off the side. There's been times that I wish that there was a guardrail that kept me out of the ditch. Maybe if that guardrail had been there, I would have just collided with it instead. And a lot of people are colliding with their guardrails. What are the guides there for? What are the guardrails there for? Well, if we go back to verse number 17, it said, Let not thine heart envy sinners. But be thou in the fear of the Lord all the day long. There is a there is a reality that there's temptation that comes to us that that we face some kind of a temptation to to give in to the things of this world, to give in to the call of the world, to give in to the pull of the enemy. But just just this morning I read something That someone was quoting from John Wesley. And it said, if after having renounced all, we do not watch incessantly and beseech God to accompany our vigilance with his, we shall be again entangled and overcome. I had to read that a couple of times. Maybe I, should, uh, maybe I should read it uh, out loud here a couple of times for it to sink into us that here's somebody from yesteryear when we think uh, that maybe sin wasn't quite so rampant, that the temptation was, wasn't quite so keen back in his day, and yet he's still giving the understanding that unless we are vigilant, unless we are intentional... To apply our heart and to guide our heart to avoid temptation. That the restraints are there to keep us from temptation. Let thine heart, let not thine heart envy sinners. Verse number 18, he continues, for surely there is an end and thy expectation shall not be cut off. There is an end to this, this problem that exists of temptation. If we trust in God and walk with guide our heart. Verse 20 and 21 speaks about the appetites of the flesh. I don't think that we, can just, that we need to just simply limit it to the associations or the, the appetites of the flesh, but I think that we can also include our associations in the flesh. You say, well, what are you talking about? Well, let's look at it here. Verse 20, be not among bibbers, among riotous eaters of flesh, for the drunkard and the glutton shall come to poverty and drowsiness shall clothe a man with rags does that mean we have to stay away from all of those people in the world that we don't rub shoulders with anybody that's sinful that we don't have any kind of content no that's not what he's talking about at all but he is telling us that we need to be careful and cautious of our associations that we are guarding ourselves that we are guiding our heart away from the possibilities of that association coming over and contaminating our lives. You can find it in Scripture, though it's not worded exactly this way, but you can find it in Scripture that when the clean comes in contact with the unclean, the unclean doesn't become clean, but the clean becomes unclean. We find that in Scripture. We see that repeatedly in the Old Testament. We see it in in shadow, at least, in the New Testament. Influences that come into our lives. All sorts of potentials that are out there. Conversations, the things that we view, the things that we read, the things that we listen to, the things that we allow our heart to be drawn into... That's one of the reasons why I just don't have any time for Hollywood in any sense, in any form, in any way, because it seems to me that Hollywood is not a friend of grace and everything about Hollywood tends to draw us away from grace. It has a tendency to desensitize us to sin. Well, you say, preacher, why is that a problem? Well, it's a problem because we have to realize who we are. We have to realize what we are. Isaiah said it very well in chapter 53, verse 6. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his or their own way. Well, that was before I became a Christian. Well, Good. Great, I'm glad you became a Christian and things changed. But you see, it's an intentionality, it's, a, it's an intentional walk, it's an intentional application, it's an intentional guiding and guarding of our heart, otherwise we are drawn back into it. If you could arrive at the place where you are so good that you can have all of God within your heart that there's no temptation ever, then how did Adam sin? How did Eve sin? They were as perfect as perfect can be. The Israelites revealed to us what the the makeup of man is. And I know that I said it before. I've repeated it over and over again. That when you read the, the circumstances of the children of Israel in the Old Testament, you see their lives with a mountain and a valley experience over and over again. But when you get right down to the nitty gritty and studying it and understanding the the, uh, the chronological order of things, you have to come to the conclusion that there were times that God spoke to them and moved upon them in powerful ways, and within days they were disobeying. It wasn't generational gaps. It wasn't a problem over many, many, many years. Sometimes it was within days that they found themselves at the face of temptation and giving in because they were not guarding their heart like they should. Guide. Guide your heart. Young people, if you don't have somebody to guard or to give you guides and boundaries, then place it for yourself. I think that every parent here this morning has some guards for your children and guides for your children, and that's necessary. Sometimes kids don't think that those guides and guardrails are necessary, but let me tell you, I believe that they are. They are good guardrails, good guides. Dating, music, time, entertainment, all of those things need boundaries. Don't set your boundaries during spiritual dry times either. Set your boundaries during the spiritual high times. The third thing that I notice here in this passage about our heart and the treasure of our heart is found in verse number 26, give me thine heart. He said, apply your heart, guide your heart, give me your heart. Let thine eyes observe my ways, he said. Verse number 26 My son, give me thine heart, and let thine eyes observe my ways. Verse number 22, let's back up to that one for just a moment. Hearken unto thy father that begat thee, and despise not thy mother when she is old. There is a listening process to the God-given authority in a person's life. Paul warns Timothy in 2 Timothy 4.3 that there is a time that comes, and apparently was existence then. It's not just looking ahead somewhere else, maybe to our day, but it was, he was looking at it even then, that when people would, be, would have itchy ears, that they, they wanted only to listen to certain things, that they wouldn't allow themselves to hear the truth. The problem with that that's existent then and it exists now is that there is a there is a refusal to surrender to the will of God. There is a refusal to surrender. Verse number twenty-three buy the truth and sell it not. No, we're not taking out a loan. We're not saving up from our weekly paycheck in order to buy something here. It's an investment of our time and our energy to know God, to apply our heart, to guard and guide our heart. He said, give me thine heart. What does it mean then to, what does he mean here when he says to give him our heart? I've likened it before to a father-son, father-daughter relationship, mother-son, mother, you know. There's just something about that, that child that likes to do things to win dads smile, win moms smile. Do you remember those days? Some have to go way way back. When you did things that you, to, in order to win dad's smile. Now there's a lot of times we've run into people that uh, that worked hard at the job and never succeeded at winning that smile. I understand that that's a that's a part of a lot of people's lives. There's a lot of adults that say, I never heard my mom or my dad say I love you, or I never heard my mom or my dad say I'm proud of you, or I never heard my parents say, uh, uh, good job. I understand that. But I think that all of us, no matter where we are in those kind of circumstances, we all have a little bit of an understanding of what it is to seek out that smile. And when God is speaking to us about us giving Him our heart, He is wanting us to do those things that bring a smile to His heart. A smile to His face. Our Heavenly Father loves His children. And He loves to reward His children. Jesus tells us about that. Ask, and it shall be given. Seek, and ye shall find. For everyone that asks, I don't give a scorpion when they ask for bread or something like that. Jesus rewards. Jesus tells us that He is a good... God is a good father to us. I guess what it boils down to this morning, what it, what it all sums up is is how important is God's smile of approval in my life. I said it before, let me say it again, just for repetition's sake, to sink into our thinking, into our minds that we live by our priorities. We live by our priorities. God's approving smile is it in that mix of our priorities where we have determined to follow him and to be what he wants us to be the word holy stands out two words that are pronounced the same but spelled differently and have two different meanings Holy as in W-H-O-L-L-Y, which indicates that we are completely His. And holy as in H-O-L-Y, that there is a heart that follows after His holy heart. And we long for His holiness to be that in our lives as well. That we seek His approval in a holy heart for ourselves. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Where your treasure is. Apply your heart. Guide your heart. Give me your heart. Because your heart reveals your treasure. And As Paul preached in October of 21, he said, Keep thy heart with all diligence. Intentional let's stand together this morning don't forget our services this evening it is a uh, fifth Sunday sing I believe so uh, we'll be looking forward to worshiping together in the songs music tonight praise God trust you have a good day join God's blessings today praise the Lord Praise the Lord. Warren, would you dismiss us in prayer?